Welcome to She Hustles Podcast, and I'm your host, Josira Santiago Hines. I'm a registered nurse turned into an entrepreneur, and I'm here to motivate you to finding true happiness and living your best life. If you love this episode, let me know, girl. Slide into my Instagram DM. Tag me that you're listening to this episode and say, Josira, I love this. This was super helpful. It's literally the way that I know what content to create for you. So show me love and don't forget to tag me. I would love to connect and talk with you. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to share with you a few things that I have coming up. She Hustles Planner is finally available on Amazon. This is an all-in-one planner that includes a vision board section, positive habit trackers, meal planning section, journaling, affirmations, and so much more. Also, my magazine, Love the Skin You're In, has finally released today. This magazine is filled with health and fitness tips. Plus, if you join I Am My Own Cover Model Challenge, you will have a chance to grace the cover of my magazine. If you have any products or services you would like to advertise on my next issue, please don't hesitate to email me. Lastly, June 20th of 2020, my first annual She Hustles conference is happening. Tickets are on sale and now are $10 off until the end of this year. This event will be so fucking epic. I'll be teaching you how to level up your life and live your best life. You will learn the positive steps to eliminate your debt, start a healthy lifestyle without being on a diet, decrease your anxiety with self-care practices, and so much more. If you're interested in any of these updates that I just gave you, all the information will be in the show notes. And if you have any questions, you can email me at josirafitness at gmail.com. I have a guest speaker, Christina, who is a relationship coach. She will be sharing how mental illness can affect your relationships and what to do to receive the support you need from your family and friends. Christina, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me. Um, So yes, I am a relationship coach, and I am a wife and a mom to three beautiful little girls. And I sort of got into the relationship industry um, about in 2011, when actually I was in a different career of the service industry, and I just found that I connected with women so well and connected with their stories and just wanted to help them more about their relationships, help them any way I could from seeing from a different perspective and talking about their goals. And I just naturally had that connection with them. Um, So helping them go deeper, deeper than beauty level and go more into their confidence, self-esteem and relationships. So Christina, I know today we're going to be talking about um, kind of like how to deal with relationships with mental illness. Um, I know from experience, I have anxiety and depression and my spouse, as much as he tries to understand, it is truly still kind of like hard for him because he hasn't experienced it himself. He does try his best to do his research, um, but 
I know that there are probably many other couples who are struggling with the same exact thing. They don't know how to support each other when they have this mental illness. Um, so can you tell me exactly kind of like the process of um, just dealing with a person who has a mental illness in the relationship? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I definitely you know from experience um, that a lot of people don't understand um, you know how that other person is feeling what they're going through and in addition to working with a lot of women who suffer from mental illness I've also experienced that within family relationships so before speaking to those who suffer from a mental illness I also want to remind everyone who loves and cares for someone with this mental illness to practice these five things. So first of all, research. Um, second of all, empathy. Third of all, communications. Next is patience. And lastly, to slow down with life, which is awful hard, but it is possible. So I want to break that down a little bit more and say that we have to take it upon ourselves to do the research because mental illness is going to affect each person in a different way. So it's our job to recognize the severity, the severity of it um, with the person that you love and understand the reality of what that means for your relationship. It means um, coming up with the best solution on how to lovingly work through it together. In addition, we also have to constantly reevaluate how the person is doing. And, you know, when things are seemingly normal, they may not be. So often in the relationship, we talk about boundaries. But in this case, you have to take a step back and reevaluate those boundaries. Because in a relationship with somebody who has mental illness, boundaries have to have a different meaning. So, you know, we still shouldn't be walked all over or taken advantage of. but in a season of depression or extra anxiety, you need to have more empathy. So it, you know, you definitely have to have that give and take where you need to step it up and it's okay to tread gently with them. We also may be walking on eggshells at times and that is sometimes necessary. And we still have to talk about our own needs, but we have to find other family members or friends that might be able to support us or you know, someone that we can lean on during a rough patch dealing with that and um you know sometimes we're adding more to the plate on someone that's already suffering and they just literally cannot handle that so make sure that you're not hiding the truth to protect the person you love but um just because they have a different you have a different set of boundaries does not mean that you shouldn't have any so just consider like bringing someone professional in that can help or someone who can step in in a supportive way when you need to recharge and reevaluate because you still need to be filled up in order to give back and to support and to encourage that person that you love. So then going into communication, that is huge. And it doesn't always have to be in depth or overbearing, but just continuously reinforce the fact that the person that's going through this, that they're loved, they're supported, and they're valuable. And that's going to remind them um, that, you know, you're there for them, even when you don't understand everything that they're going through. And sometimes that communication will be one-sided, but encourage them to tell you how they're feeling um, when they are able to. Um, and when it comes to patience, as hard as it may be, refrain from trying to fix their pain. 
because we essentially we can't fix it. Um, it's it's not something we can do, but just kind of bring things back to you know we can't fix things. We can't bring them back to the way they are, and we have to remember that this time is so hard for them, and they're often feeling the same. They want more than anything for things to go back to the way they were before the depression or anxiety set in. On top of it, they might be feeling guilty. They might feel like they caused this change in your life from good to bad. So when you're waiting desperately and longing each day to radically improve, it can be frustrating. And then when it comes to, um, you know, even when things do get better, and you learn how to deal with it together, it's going to take time. So that's where the patience comes in. And even then, the relationship might not be the same, and we have to adapt to that. But together, you'll eventually find your new normal and be able to meet each other where you're at. So I encourage you to look, you know, take each day one step at a time, and each small amount of (laughs) progress is a victory. And um, if there's a day or a few days where you're feeling like you completely disconnected or you're in a time of sadness or high anxiety, just remember that all the steps forward that you've already made are already progress and you can make them again. So just don't give up and don't completely get off the staircase when you're climbing that seemingly forever ladder. So lastly, Um, check your calendar and eliminate things that are not necessary. Um, We get in these busy, busy schedules and, you know, some things can be a distraction for progress. Um, Things are stressful and you can't be supportive when you are spread really thin and they're not going to feel supported if you're way overbooked. So when it comes to the person living with the mental illness to those that they love, Um, This is my advice. So as hard as it is, or may be, I'd encourage anyone suffering from a mental illness to communicate how they're feeling. The people that love you truly, they want to know how you're doing and they want to know what you're dealing with. And it's, um, it's just knowing that they care is going to bring, you know, that connection back. Understanding those feelings might take a little longer, But nonetheless, that openness is going to help you feel that you're in unison together. And being in my position as the person who loves and cares for someone with a mental illness, I encourage those who suffer from it to be open about how they're feeling, regardless of how crazy or out of control those thoughts are. Because sometimes when, you know, we, we see someone functioning well, we forget how they're hurting. Sometimes it's the farthest from the truth that things are okay. I find that oftentimes each day is a new struggle and it could be completely different though. And it's quite possibly equally as severe as the day before. So what I've found that helps on my end is to ask what's stressful or, you know, what's stressful today? What's causing anxiety today specifically? And then I make sure to ask if I can do anything to alleviate that stress. And even though it's sometimes a small gesture, Sometimes it lifts just enough weight off someone's shoulders to show them that you want to help carry that great burden they have. I also find that asking this question gives me a little insight on how someone's feeling. I ask, if you could go anywhere to escape the feelings that you're having right now, where would that be? Sometimes it's literally as simple as um, somewhere that's silent or free of distractions or noise or stress. 
And sometimes it's going for a drive or reading a book. I just try to you know, make it my goal to make that help happen and try to facilitate that if possible. So Christina, that advice is amazing. Like it's so relatable because obviously I suffer from a mental illness and I know that um, all the steps and um, that you said and advice, my husband is going to be super appreciative. And the great thing is that I did realize that most of the stuff he does, um, he does do. Um, so those women who are listening to this right now, I know that if you suffer from a mental illness, I know a lot of people are afraid to talk about it. They're afraid to tell their spouse. And the one thing that I feel like Christina basically said is that you need to be open. And especially if it's your husband, your significant other, your friends, anyone that you're around all the time, they need to understand what's going on with you. Because if not, they're obviously going to think that you're crazy if you don't tell them like, you know, I'm going through this. I have this. I've been diagnosed with this. And as much as how scary it may be, because you might be thinking like, oh, you know what, they're going to think that I'm like psychotic or something like that. You should not be afraid to express yourself. There is nothing wrong with having a mental illness. It's the stigma out there that makes it look bad. Um, but honestly, like America probably has the most people now with mental illness because of just all the stuff that goes on where we're just always working and overwhelmed, like Christina said, I know when I have a lot of things on my to-do list, that's when my anxiety gets worse. And my husband, just like Christina, he acts as like, what's going on? Why do you have anxiety right now? What can I do to help you? And that simple gesture makes a huge difference in my life. And it could be just like, you know what, I'm going to clean the bathroom for you so that you don't have to do that. Sit down, do what you got to do. And that just makes a huge difference. Just like, you know, Christina had said. Yeah, that definitely makes a huge difference. Just knowing that you can, you can be open and tell people like, this is what's going on. And people are going to automatically want to support you. They do love you. And it's just a matter of getting it out there. And, um, and also just cutting down all those things that are, are there to do that, you know, bring anxiety levels higher than they should be. And, you know, just like you said, with, um, with just living in this generation in this, you know, place, we're always so busy and, um, there is a stigma and, you know, that needs to go away. <laughs> we can do things to change it. And yeah, I totally agree with that. And, yeah. um, and, and it's an isolating thing. So uh, it is, you know, something that makes people feel like they are, they shut down, but on the other hand, it can isolate, you know, everyone around you too. So, um, we have to remind ourselves that the person suffering does not want to actually be isolated. Um, we have to help think, you know, put things into perspective for them as well. And they need to be reassured, even when they're feeling like a burden that they are loved and supported. And, um, you know, it's important for us not to minimize the situation. And although some situations are, much more stressful to certain people than others. The reality of it is stress, anxiety, and depression cannot be measured in doses. And what may seem small to one person is completely overwhelming to another. And there's no right or wrong way to feel. Um, and so that's something that I've had to reiterate many times in, in my life. And just um, 
that there isn't a right way or a wrong way to feel. So no one should feel bad about how they're dealing with their mental illness. They shouldn't feel alone because um, there is no right or wrong. You know, it's just how you feel and then going from there, how you process that. Exactly. I love that you said that, that people process things very differently. That's something that my husband still to this day is kind of trying to understand is that um, I'm a very routine person. And if something throws me out of the loop, for example, um, I have to pick my husband up every single day from the train. And I'm used to going to the same train, same time, all the time. So my brain just takes me there. Um, like probably like a month ago was when he started changing up his train station and it was like, okay, pick me up in this train, this different time. And it was like every other day was like a different train, different time. And I literally, my brain took me to go to where I was used to going to pick him up, but he was not there. And he got so frustrated with me. And, um, this is something else is that when your anxiety is at to like this level, although I felt like it was controlled, when I'm taken out of my comfort zone, that's when my anxiety is like crazy. So he's like, it's, it's, it's like, it's cool. Like, just pick me up at this train and this time. And I'm like, no, dude, you're like completely messing me up. I gotta be routine. And he didn't understand that until I literally had to like send them some some research articles on how us with mental illness, with anxiety, we're super in routine. And when we're taken out of our routine, I literally have panic attacks because it's like, what? I got to do what? I'm busy. I got to do this. I got to do this. Um, so yeah, like what you were saying is like so on point because if I would tell him, hey, pick me up at this time, this time, and it's a different where he's used to, he would be cool. But it completely just sets up my anxiety and I start having panic attacks when my routine is different. Right. Yeah. Because at that point you're trying to deal with, you know, just trying to, to function and not have the anxiety. And then also now you have to incorporate a new routine and that can definitely cause stress because you're out of, you're out of your safe place. All right. So we talked about how you can support your significant other friends, family or whatnot. But now I actually really want to ask you, how can mental illness affect relationships overall and like affect the spouses, the significant others, and just like overall relationship? Right. Well, there's definitely some advice I can give on that. Um, and the main thing is to continue to try new things in the way of support. So what you've done before um, may not be working anymore. And sometimes you do need to go back to a certain level of support that you had before. So just keep on trying new things until you find the thing that works for you within your relationship. So whether that's just, you know, um, finding information and articles and things like that, if it's just listening, if it's slowing down your life, whatever that way of support is um, bringing in someone else that's trusted um, you know that's going to be a, you know one way of support but just find what works for you and then also talking to others that are also experiencing mental health issues in their relationships so a lot of times that can be tricky um, I know in me with me in my situation like um, you know when the other person's not is open to that, it's a little bit harder. If they're more private and they don't really want their situation talked about, that's really hard. But at the same time, if they know there's other people out there suffering and it happens to be someone that you're maybe close to, 
um, that that's a great way to just kind of get it out there and say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. And most likely that other person that is also dealing with similar um, symptoms and similar issues with their mental health, they're going to feel like that's it's automatic com comfort just knowing someone else is going through it, even if it's not the same, not the same struggles. It's nice to find that relatability. Um, so that really can help. And then also just document and remember what's worked in the past. Like you could think back, you know, to a different year, like let's say 2017 when when this person was feeling this way and I said this and I offered this type of support, it helped by, and these were the results, you know, so just fill in the blanks and think back to what helped in your, in your circumstances, in your situation. And although we can't compare one experience or feeling to, or, or, or a result to the other, it just helps to kind of have that journal to refer back to and know what's worked in the past. And you can also look back at that journal and definitely see how far you've come together and you know what things have, have really made a positive impact in your relationship um, and in dealing with that mental illness as well. With your experience of being a relationship coach, um, I can assume, obviously, if someone doesn't open up about their mental illness, it'll probably like create arguments. But is there anything else that you've seen from your coaching experience? What can happen in a relationship when you don't open up about your mental illness and talk about it so that they don't, they wouldn't know how to support you if you don't express that? Right. That can definitely happen because if they're not opening up about it, then they are automatically feeling isolated and they're also... Um, they're also isolating them, you know, you. So you're both then feeling like you have a disconnect, which can be really difficult um, to get past in a relationship because the whole point of a relationship is connection. So they almost at some point are gonna have to open up about it, even if they don't wanna open up with other people involved. Um, when there's two people, especially in that intimate relationship, you have to open up to some level because otherwise you're not going to receive the support and understanding that you truly need in order to get through it together in your relationship. Exactly. And I find that extremely important even on my side was that um, I think I was like pretty open with my anxiety, but I also was afraid to like fully talk about my thoughts and stuff. Um, but now that I'm like, open like crazy open on even my crazy thoughts when I think it's super crazy um my husband now knows that um just kind of like exactly how to support me so if you are listening to this and um you're afraid of talking about it um contact Christina first of all because this is she's an expert for relationships um but also find someone that has been through it. Like, you know, I'm happy to always talk about how I manage my anxiety and how I talk to my husband about it. Um, but we're going to get into the last question, Christina, um, with, I know you went really extensive on the support uh, portion of it. Um, but how can um, people better their relationship with a mental illness? So yes, I definitely think that in relationships, um, the best the best move is just to literally start over each day because each day you're going to have new challenges and you're going to have new victories. So if you can just focus on each day at a time and be open as, as you feel comfortable to where the other person 
just knows that, you know, they're supported, they're loved. And sometimes all you need to do is just listen to one another. You know, if, if the person that you're, that you're, you know, in a relationship with that's dealing with this mental illness, sometimes they just need to know that you're there and they can talk to you about how they're feeling or say nothing at all and just know that you're there. But start every day with the intention of being there in, in whatever way they need your support. And as long as you can communicate, hey, right now I just need you to listen or right now I do need you to you know find another couple we can talk with or I do need you to you know be here for me in this way. And as long as you're open and you're working together, you're gonna find something that's a right fit for you at that time. And the next issue that comes up, you can deal with it the same way and just kind of reassess and just keep on evolving together. And that's the best advice I can give. That is amazing, Christina. That advice is so on point, which is why you're a relationship coach. Those of you who are suffering with a mental illness and you need some help on figuring out how to tell your spouse or just kind of like getting that, um, that coaching that you need to better your relationship through the mental illness, contact Christina. She's freaking amazing. All her information will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Christina, for your advice, for your expertise, and for being on She Hustles podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that everything has been beneficial to your audience. And I love being a part of this. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Christina, for being a part of She Hustles. Christina is the true definition of She Hustles. She knows what she wants and she goes for it. If you have any questions about relationships, mental illness, how to deal with it all, check out the show notes to connect with Christina. Thank you so much for listening. If there are any special topics you'd like me to go over, please don't hesitate to email me at josirafitness at gmail.com and make sure to drop a review and subscribe. Have a blessed day.